The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all of these since my youth. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard will it be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Let us pray. Lord God, in your Son, you gave us the word of life. That word is an active and powerful presence in our lives, in the lives who have gone before us, and then in the lives of those who will come after us. Dear God, in this place, in this time, may that word speak again. Stir our hearts to hear what you would have us. Guide our feet to go in the way that you would have us follow. Bless us and keep us, dear Lord, in all these things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I must admit that this is something I struggle with, and I'm sure that I'm not alone. You see, I find it difficult sometimes to help those who are in need. We're taught to fear the ever-looming threat of scammers who call our homes sometimes even our cell phones, trying to steal credit card information, internet hackers trying to steal our identity, people we see on the streets asking for a few bucks for a burger or a prescription or to get a ride up and down the road. It's difficult to help people because in our bones, we don't want to see anyone suffer. We don't want to let anyone go hungry, but we also don't want to be taken advantage of. So it's smart to refer people to places like Crisis Control in Winston-Salem, to LCAP here in Louisville. 
where resources can be compiled and managed faithfully and effectively. Our first reading this morning from the prophet of Amos. Amos prophesies against people who have mistreated the poor, who have achieved their wealth in dishonest means, and have mocked those who live in an upright and just way. It's not sinful to have wealth. We too, like these people Amos is prophesying against, live in houses of hewn stone, brick and mortar. We have our cars, our cell phones, our homes, an abundance of things cluttering them that we may or may not ever use again. The United States, for all of our economic troubles over the past decade, still remains one of the wealthiest countries on this planet. On the large scale of things, even though we don't live in million-dollar mansions, we have jobs and sources of steady income that keep us living and afford us to some means of comfort. Many of the people Jesus encountered in his ministry on this earth had some status of wealth, and Jesus never faulted them for it. He did, however, encourage people to use the gifts that they'd been given, their money, their time, their possessions, as a blessing to others. Go, sell all that you have. Give it to the poor. Wealth isn't the problem. Appropriating it is. But wait a minute, Vicar. Jesus says it's hard for the wealthy to enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Yes, that is what he says. He says it's hard. He doesn't say it's impossible. He says no one is good but God alone. Even in our lives of faithfulness, regardless of how much we do or how much we give, we're still not good. We know many kind, generous people in our lives. Our parents, teachers, siblings, neighbors, children, people who do wonderful things with the resources that they've been given who love as truly and as purely as we can ever comprehend. But even then, Jesus says that no one, no one except for God, is truly, fully, purely good. Because of sin, because of greed, because of selfishness and fear. Look at his conversation with this rich man. The commandments that he claims to have kept are all commandments that we have some type of control of internally. Thou shalt not murder, commit adultery, steal, lie, or defraud. Honor your father and mother. These are all things that you and I have some control over. We can resist from hurting our neighbor, from stealing, from lying, from defrauding them. We have the ability through our words, our deeds, our prayers, our actions to honor our parents. These are all things that we can do to remain inside our own little personal space, our own little bubble. But Jesus' instructions, go, sell what you have, and give the money to the poor. Then, come, follow me, is an instruction that builds up other people. Where the commandments are all talking about not taking a life, not taking a spouse, not taking another's property or integrity, Jesus tells him to go, And raise up the lowly to give them a life, a life lived abundantly. Jesus tells this man to go and help those in need. 
we cannot say that this rich man has acquired his wealth by unjust means. He says he's fulfilled all the commandments since his youth, and Jesus doesn't disagree with him. One of those, do not steal. What we can say in Mark's explanation of his response, that he went away grieving for he had many possessions, was that this man prided himself on what he had, what he had accomplished, and what success he had gained in this life. Of course I've kept all of these commandments and I have a great wealth. Surely nothing can prevent me from entering the kingdom of heaven, from gaining eternal life. I just need to figure out what it is I have to do. So I'll go ask Jesus. And what is Jesus' response? Not for him to go and sell his possessions to buy a ticket that will get him into heaven, but no, to give it away, to give away everything that he has, everything that he is, everything that he's built up for himself. Jesus tells him to make himself lowly, to make himself the servant, to give away not just his possessions, but his very own life. Come, follow me. What Jesus wants for this man who approaches him is not to become poor for the sake of being poor, but to get rid of the obstacles, the barriers that keep us from communion with God. Our lessons from a couple weeks ago, the hand, the foot, the eye that offends us, the money, the power, the property that gives us this feeling of entitlement must be put in their proper place, a place where God makes healing and wholeness possible in the face of of an overbearing and impossible greed, selfishness, and vanity. This congregation, each and every one of you, have a wonderful way of giving of yourselves, both physically and financially, to those in need. Raising money and donations for LCAP, equipping the young minds of Louisville Elementary to have a prosperous school year, nourishing and celebrating the hard work of their teachers caring for the people you know and encounter regularly in your daily lives who need assistance is not selfish or prideful. What I see in this place is the kingdom of God shared with everyone, and I encourage you, remain faithful in your giving and your compassion and in the grace that you show one another in this community. Jesus tells this man that when he sold all that he owns, he will have his treasure in heaven. And shortly thereafter, Jesus explains to Peter that there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold. Now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions. But in the age to come, eternal life the prosperity that comes when we give of ourselves to others isn't one where we put in a dollar today and tomorrow we get a hundred back. No, the hundredfold that we receive in following Jesus, in following the crucified Jesus, the dead Jesus, and the risen Jesus, is that we share in the homes of the neighbors we make. Through love and compassion we gain brothers and sisters in the waters of baptism, people who contend for us, who can care for us, who can love us in only ways that a mother can, people who we ourselves can nurture, form, pray for, love and support 
as if they were our own children. We inherit the fields, the work, and the fruitfulness of our neighbor because we labor alongside them to serve those in need. All of this we we receive because God has given us eternal life as our inheritance. Why do we need many possessions? The work is hard. Persecutions come through the struggle to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to save those who are drowning from flood or preserve those who are fleeing from wildfire. Our faith is tried, no doubt, and more so for others, true persecution comes. The threats against one's life because they are Christian, be they in Oregon or in Africa, is more real and prevalent than we sometimes want to acknowledge. Who among us can be saved if, like the disciples, we think it's because of our importance, our wealth, the way that God has blessed us richly in this life? The answer is simply no one. But thanks be to God, we have a Savior, a high priest who comes to us in our nakedness, whose words live and breathe and cuts to the very being of our existence, a Savior who separates us from bondage to our sinful ways and pulls us through the eye of a needle. The weakness of our frailty, the sin that grips our lives, who invites us to approach his throne to receive the grace of his mercy and love. Thanks be to God that Jesus Christ, the firstborn of all creation, made himself last and least, that we through him might be made first in the kingdom of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.